have your Bibles with you, turn with me to 1 Corinthians 15, and we're going to read verses 3 to 8, and then jump to the end of the chapter and verse 57. We're going to talk about uh, Thanksgiving as being part of Easter, and uh, it's an important part for all of us. 1 Corinthians 15, starting at verse 3, I passed on to you what was most important, And what had also been passed on to me, Christ died for our sins, just as the Scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the Scripture said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later on by all the apostles, And last of all, as though I'd been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. Then down to verse 57, but thank God, or thanks be to God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord add his blessing uh, to his word this morning. Well, this morning I want to talk to you about Easter Thanksgiving. Now, I know we have that holiday in October where we uh, give thanks unto the Lord, we have a time set aside to give thanks to God. But I think this is also important as we come into our Easter weekend that we take the time to celebrate our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and also to give thanks. Now I realize this past year has been filled with frustrations and worry and stress, depression, anger, and with many restrictions that we still have to deal with, a lot of people are not exactly happy or even thankful. But I really believe that God is wanting us to be thankful. We recognize that during this past year, we've been dealing with things physically, financially, mentally, spiritually, and thanksgiving may not be one of those things that comes to your mind when you think of this past year. But as I was praying this week and just seeking the Lord of what you'd have me to speak on, I heard back really, really quickly, and that was the word, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Make sure you talk about Thanksgiving. There's a focus that needs to change for all of us, and that focus needs to be about Thanksgiving. Because right now, our our focus is not really on things. It's on a lot of other things. And we're getting frustrated. People are arguing with one another. And this person's opinion against that person's opinion. We've got all these things going on. And I really believe that God is saying, listen, listen for a moment, and take that focus and turn it around back onto me and start talking and start being thankful. And and I I felt that speaking to me as well, that, you know, bothers me as well, all these restrictions and all these things that are going on. Some people say, well, we're tired of all this. I think we're way past tired. Uh, We are done for most people. But still those things are here. And yet God is saying, I want you to turn your focus, not on the things that are happening in your world, but turn your focus towards me. Because there's hope in him. There's peace in him. There's joy in him. And he wants us today to look to him and to give thanks. Now to be thankful, one needs to be focusing on things that we should be grateful for. Things that we should be appreciative for. Things where gratitude should fill our hearts and our minds. And it's a focus that God desires 
to see in our lives and also serves to help us to have a healthy state of mind. And actually, it's something that helps us with our mental health. And we've been talking about that uh, on Wednesday nights. The Bible says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. See, God's not just talking about, oh, yes, you need to be thankful for me. That's not his focus. His focus is that, you know what, this helps you. This helps you. When you are thankful, it helps you to live. It helps you to focus in life. It helps you to see the things that are really important out there. And so watching our focus is something that's very, very important. And if we focus on all the wrong things or all the negative things too long, then and we do know that our mental health can then easily be dragged down. God wants us to focus on things we can be thankful for. God's looking to us to rise to that occasion to have a more positive outlook in life and not to allow all these negative things that are all around us right now to wear us down. Now, I realize that's easy to say, not so always easy to do because we live in this world. We're not, and we're not exempt from this world. We see everything that's going on. We're part of this world. We're experiencing all these things. And yet the Bible is encouraging us, take a focus of thankfulness and focus on good things. Philippians 4, verses 8 to 9, the Apostle Paul, he kind of encourages us to do that again. He said, now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing in Philippians 4. He said, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right, pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. So it's talking there about a focus. We need to be watching our focus. What are we focusing on? And I really believe that God is telling us today, I want you to focus on thankfulness. I want you to start thinking about things that you can be thankful for. And that's what we want to do. There are a lot of good things that we can remember, or a lot of things that you know, should be rising up within us where we can express gratitude or appreciation. And I know that this year has not been the easiest year, but I can tell you that if we all would just take a few moments, we can look back to this year and we can start saying, I can thank God for this. I can thank God for this thing over here. I can thank God for this situation. And we can start going back even over this past year and we can find things to be thankful for. Now, as a pastor, one of the uh, things that I, I am thankful for is our church body. Uh, this whole COVID time is extremely frustrating for me. Uh, it's not enabled me to be the kind of pastor that I am. Uh, I, I want to be with people. I want to talk to people. I want to touch people. I want to pray for people. And a lot of those things with COVID, we're not supposed to be doing. We're not supposed to be gathering or going out to meet in homes and so forth. And I find that very frustrating. I can't visit people in the hospitals and, and things of that nature. That really frustrates me quite a bit. But I am thankful for our body that we have right here and that's joining us online. Because throughout this past year, you've been enabling this church to continue on. We've been able to, to meet all of our debts. We've been able to, to keep going forward even in the midst of all that is happening. And so I just want to say 
thank, I am thankful for you. I am thankful for all of you that are joining us online as well, that you're making church be church still. And so we really do appreciate that. I know the rest of us as staff uh, really do appreciate you for that. And that, that's, a, that's a big one that I can say I'm thankful for. I really am. And, and I think that's what God wants us to do today, to, to look over our lives and start being thankful for some things, to start to express them. I know sometimes that can be hard. Well, if you got one that comes to your mind, just say that. You know, Lord, I'm, I'm thankful for this. And then if something else comes, you just keep going down that line. Just start saying, God, I am thankful. Thank you for these things that you have done for me, especially over this past year. And, of course, with this today being Easter Sunday, the, the weekend that we celebrate the death and resurrection of Christ, the centerpiece of our Christian faith, that in itself should be enough reason to say, God, there's lots for me to give thanks. Maybe your mind's not being flooded with a lot of things to say thanks for. But as you just think about today, think about Friday, the death of our Lord and our Savior. To think about today that he rose from the grave. Something, an event that took place that no one, other, no one else has been able to duplicate. There's been no other prophet or teacher or God that's been able to conquer death. So that, that really makes Christianity really stand out above all others. There's lots to be thankful for. And I am thankful for what the Lord has done. I'm thankful that he loved me so much that he would go to a cross and experience all that pain and all that suffering that I might have life, that I might have salvation. I sometimes think, God, were you crazy? Look at us. Lord, we, we sin, we continue to make mistakes. Lord, there's so much evil in our world, and yet you loved us enough that while we were yet sinners, the Bible says, you died for us. How wonderful is that? How good is God that he would love us, even with every one of us in this place. We all still make mistakes. We all still sin, and yet God loves us, loves us so much that he's willing to go for the cross to pay for our sin. And so this morning, I'm hoping to shift some of your focuses here this morning, that you might change your thoughts, change the things that are maybe are disturbing your mind, and begin to focus on things that you can be thankful for. I know there's lots of things that come to your mind where maybe you say, well, I'm not thankful for this, Pastor. This here situation was hard in my life. We went through this. I didn't enjoy that. God wants us to focus on things we can be thankful for. And I really pray you would work at that and start being thankful. And, of course, this Easter weekend is a great incentive for us to be thankful. And the first thing I see is I think of this weekend is I am thankful for the cross. I'm thankful for Good Friday, that day that reminds me of the death of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15.3, I passed on to you what was most important and what has also been passed on to me. What's important, Paul says? Christ died for our sins just as the Scriptures said. The crucifixion of Christ was very important. The wages of sin was death. And yet Jesus paid that price for us by dying on that cross, being the sacrifice for our sin. And it's interesting as you think of that, that Jesus was a sacrifice for our sin, that he, he actually 
fulfilled all the legal requirements of a sacrifice. A legal sacrifice, you would have to offer a lamb, a spotless lamb. You couldn't offer something that was blemished. You couldn't offer something that was imperfect. There had to be a perfect sacrifice. And Jesus Christ was that spotless, sinless lamb of God that was offered in our place. For a sacrifice to be complete, for a sacrifice to fulfill legal requirements, there obviously had to be a death. It had had to be killed. The sacrifice had to be killed. And as we think of all that Jesus went through, the suffering, the pain, those of you who have watched that, uh, the film The Passion, very, very graphic, but in reality, that's exactly what it was like for Christ. And so he died in our place. He fulfilled that ritual of a sacrifice by dying in our place. And then another part of a, a legal sacrifice would involve blood and the shedding of blood. And as we read of what Jesus has done for us, he did shed his blood for the remission of our sins. All part of what a real sacrifice would involve. And that's what Jesus did for us on that cross. It can be kind of graphic when you really think about the cross. It's not a nice thing to think about when you think all that Jesus went through for us, but that's what he did for us. He became our sacrifice for sin. Romans 5, 6 and 9 says, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time, and he died for us, sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who was especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. That's just one of many scriptures that reminds us of the importance of Christ's death. Jesus died for our sins. He died to pray to pay for the price of sin, which was death on our behalf. He died restore a relationship with God, and to grant us salvation. Isn't that wonderful? I like Colossians 2, 14. It says, He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. I like that. We're guilty. The Bible says we are guilty. But Jesus took our guilt and he nailed it to that cross. And he canceled those record of charges against us. That's what Jesus did on the cross. He died for our sins. He paid the penalty of death that we might have forgiveness of sins. It's a true story. Sometimes, you know, people try to make, oh, it's just a story. No, no, it's a true story. Even historians talk about it. You can still go there to this, to the very spot, even today, and see that this is history. This really took place. This really happened. And that should cause us to lift up our spirits and say, thank you, God. Thank you for this indescribable gift that you have given to us, Jesus, who would die for our sins while we were sinners, even though we didn't deserve it. He loved us that much, so much. 
What a Savior. What a God that would love us that much. When you really think about that, none of us deserve his grace. None of us deserve his love. Yet he loved us all so much that he went through all that agony of the cross to pay a debt he didn't know. It was a debt that I owed that he paid for me. Salvation on that cross. So may gratitude and appreciation fill our hearts and our minds. If you're struggling with, what, what can I thank God for? I've had such a terrible year. Start thanking him for the cross. Thank him for the debt of Christ that he paid for your sins and died for your sins that we might have life. Then secondly, I'm thankful for the resurrection, that Jesus rose from the grave, proving that he was God and that he had power over life and death. 1 Corinthians 15, 4, he was buried, he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. I like that as Paul refers to scriptures, that Exactly as Scripture said, exactly as Scriptures have foretold, Jesus fulfilled Scripture, he fulfilled the Word of God, and he was buried, but he rose again. Jesus' resurrection proved many things. First of all, it proved that the Scriptures are true, that when we look to our Bibles that we have today, that we know that, you know what, they were an accurate record. The Bible is true. And Jesus is showing that he's fulfilled the Bible and that he indeed rose from the grave. It also shows us that Jesus had power over death and life. That certainly brings us the hope that, yes, one day we will spend in eternity with Christ because we know that he has the power over death and over life. The resurrection proves that Jesus was God, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. It proves that there is no other God like him who has conquered death and who continues to show his great love and mercy to us. What an awesome God. There's none like him. Go ahead and read all the other, about all the other religions of the world and go find out where those leaders are, where those gods are today. But when you look to Jesus, he's the only one that has risen from the grave. I like his proclamation in John chapter 11, 25, as he was going to see Mary and Martha, and Lazarus had passed away. And as he goes there and he begins to talk to them, and he talks to them about, you know, in the last days there's going to be a resurrection, and that he has the power over life and death. Now, Mary and Martha said, yes, at the last day, that we'll see them rise. They didn't realize they were speaking to the person that has the power over life and death. Jesus says these words in John eleven twenty five: 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. I'm thankful for that hope that we have as Christians. I'm, hope, I'm thankful for the resurrection that solidifies for me that Jesus Christ is indeed the way, the truth, and the life, as only he conquered death and rose again. So if we're going to place any faith or to have any thought that, you know, there is an eternity, that there is life after death, obviously I think we need to be placing in a person that showed us that he has the power over life and death. He does have that power. He has the keys. 
Revelations 1.18, Jesus says, I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. Who has the keys? Jesus does. Why does he have the keys? Because he conquered death. He conquered the grave. He earned the right to hold those keys. And so he has those keys for all of us to life everlasting and forever and ever and ever. That's a real event as well, the resurrection. Again, historically, you can find that historically, that they talk, historians talk about the resurrection. You can go to the very place where Jesus rose from the, the dead. You can go to that very tomb today. It's all there. It's all showing us this is real, friends. This is true. This is true evidence. Our Lord is not dead, but he is risen. As we began to look over that, we, we see that this was a, a fulfillment of Scripture. So we know that this is something that was prophesied thousands of years before, and here it is happening. We also see that there was witnesses. This isn't just something that was written about. There were many, many witnesses. Here in the text that we just read, it says that there was over 500 eyewitnesses to this miracle. That's just way too many people to you know, miss it up to get the story differently. Verses 6 and 8 of 1 Corinthians 15 says, After that he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and leader by all the apostles, last of all, as though I'd been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. It's a true story, verified by many eyewitnesses. It actually happened. And today we have billions of believers who have followed Jesus Christ since. This faith is real. This faith is real. And so I'm thankful for the resurrection. Proves to me that my faith is real. That my God has a power over life and death. The grave could not hold him. He rose victorious from the grave and offers us all a tangible faith that will just simply choose to believe what he has done. Romans 10, 9 says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's an important part of our whole faith that we come to that place where we recognize, I do believe. I believe that Jesus died and I believe that he rose again. I believe that he is my Savior and my God, and I've committed my life to him. I will follow him as he is the truth, the life, and the way. That's something to be thankful for. That's something that should change my focus to start thinking about him. So may, again, gratitude, appreciation fill our hearts and minds. Then lastly, this Easter weekend makes me thankful for my faith in Christ. As I think about Easter, as I think about the death and resurrection of Christ, I realize that I've placed my faith in the right place. I've placed my faith in the right person. Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, and, he, and he's proven that. What more does he need to do when he has risen from the grave? I know my faith is real. And as you read further on into 1 Corinthians 15, you will see Paul pointing out all kinds of other truths of why the death and resurrection of Christ proves that our faith 
is real. So our faith is in it is real. It's in the right place. It's in the right person. Jesus is the only way, and he is the only one that offers us true eternal life and offers us life after death because he's conquered the grave. No one else has done that. No other religious leader has done that. We need to recognize that as this being such an important truth. Your faith is not in vain. Your faith is not a lie. Your faith uh, uh, is worth all the sacrifices and all the costs that is associated with it because your faith is in a real person, a real individual. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians 15, 17 and 19. It says, if Christ had not been raised, then your faith is useless and you're still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are to be pitied more than anyone in the world. The death, the resurrection of Christ proves my faith is real. It proves that your faith is in the right place, the right person. The resurrection, the death of Christ, those things really did happen. And they show to me that my faith is also real because these things really took place. And I also realize that someday this mortal body that you see is one day going to be changed. It's going to be transformed. And I'm going to be raised to be with Jesus in heaven for all eternity, to rule and reign with him. That's what Easter, this whole weekend, reminds me of. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 says, But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. Who's the harvest? That's us. We're all going to be part of that harvest of people being raised from the dead to spend an eternity with our Lord and Savior. So our faith is not in vain. Our faith is not a lie. Our faith is worth all the sacrifices that we experience in life because our faith is going to lead us one day to heaven and to have eternal life. That's something to be thankful for. It really is. So this morning... And what Paul is reminding us, we need to be thankful. It's rather interesting as he goes through, if you have time to read all of that chapter of 1 Corinthians 15, as he talks about all those things about the death and the resurrection of Christ. As he comes down to the very end of all of those statements, he says these words, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thank God. He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, even the Apostle Paul is reminding us as we think about the resurrection and the death of Christ that there is a response that's supposed to come from us. Thankfulness. 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 Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God for all that he has done. He is worthy of our thanks. He's worthy of our appreciation. He's worthy of our gratitude. And it really is a proper response that we should have on this weekend to say thank you. Now, again, I realize that this past year has not been one of those things that remind us of being thankful. But God is saying to us, I want you to change your focus. I want you to take your eyes and your minds 
of what is going on around you and to focus upon me. See, I still believe that God is about to do something. There's something that God is stirring and happening. I was watching a video this week that another person in our church had mentioned to me, and it was talking about a church that is now in revival, that God is moving upon them, and people are being healed. And it's kind of a unique situation because where they're being healed is when they get baptized. And as they rise up out of the waters, that whatever the problem was, they're getting healed. A young man who was blind in one eye came up out of the waters, he was healed. Another individual had stage four cancer, was healed. Another person had leukemia, healed. And this particular pastor they were talking about was making sure that he would get all these things verified. Not that they were emotional heals, they were actual physical healing verified by doctors. I think God is up to something. I know many of us, like myself, are saying, God, do you mind hurrying up a little bit? I would kind of like him to hurry up. But that's not the way God, he doesn't operate in my time. He operates on his time. And in his time, he will make all things beautiful. But it's in his time, not my time or your time. But he's telling us, change your focus. Look to him and start giving thanks to him. He wants to do something in our lives as individuals and also corporately as a church and corporately as Christians from around the world. But he's wanting to do something. But before he does it, he wants us to focus in on him and to be thankful unto him. We're going to close this part of our service at this time, and we're going to close it in a word of prayer. And then uh, for those that are here at church, we're going to go into a time of communion. For those that are home, I just encourage you, uh, why don't you just get some bread and some juice and uh, also have a time of communion with those who are watching or we're watching with you today. Father, I thank you that you loved us so much that you would send Jesus. Lord, you could have easily just wiped us all out. It would have been a whole lot easier, but you didn't choose that way. You chose to send your son, that he would go through all the things of a sacrifice, all the cruelty, the death, the shedding of blood. And yet he did so willingly because he loved us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. I'm thankful for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for salvation. I thank you, Lord, for all the people who are here today and watching today, that we can be thankful for what you've done for us. And Lord, as we just close this day, as we go back, some of us are with some family. We pray blessings upon our gatherings or those times. We pray blessings on those that, Lord, are not able to gather. Lord, as different parts of the country have different uh, restrictions, so God, I just pray, be with your people all over the land, Touch your people. Make this day a very real day, a day they'll remember for the rest of their lives. We pause today and all the disruptions that are happening in our world. And we would say, thank you, Lord. I choose to say, thank you, Lord. I choose to come to this day 
and set aside my thoughts, my frustrations, and all the noise of this world. And Lord, I just come and I pause and say, thank you. Thank you for your death. Thank you for your resurrection. Thank you for your salvation so rich and so free. We bless your people today in Jesus' name. Amen.